10 benefits of gratitude. And how many of us know we, we, we talk about Thanksgiving and we're thankful for Thanksgiving? One, some of us are thankful for Thanksgiving because there is food. Some of us are thankful for Thanksgiving because family comes around, family that you don't get to see every day, right? Some of us are thankful because it's football, Thanksgiving Day, and now they have so many games that you can sit, relax, and eat, and indulge and watch football, right? But Thanksgiving shouldn't just be a day, it should be a way of living. And here's 10 things and 10 benefits that this proves that being thankful and grateful. Number one, it improves self-esteem. Being thankful improves self-esteem. Number two, being thankful and grateful improves energy and health. Number three, it makes us happier, more optimistic. Number four, more resilient and deal with adversity better. Number five, makes us more generous and more forgiving. Number six, it keeps us in the present moment and enjoy the present moment just a little bit more. Number seven, be happier. I already said that, and I noticed the present moment more. Number eight, it lowers stress, anxiety, and negative thoughts. Number nine, be generous and kind to others. It improves relationships. The last one, provides perspective and helps us look for the good in our own lives. Now, when we think of the benefits for a minute, you know, most of us, as soon as we say benefits, most of us go to, you know, work and health benefits, right? And we're thankful that, you know, we can get benefits at times and we can go to the doctor and we don't have to pay, you know, 5000 that our copay could be 100 There are benefits to so many aspects of life. And here's one word, thankful, which can be defined thankful, grateful. Ten things that improve the qualities of our life. And I think for some of us, there's areas of thankfulness and gratitude, but have we learned to be thankful in all areas, all places? You know, being thankful, it improves sleep quality. Here's a bonus round. Being thankful, it improves emotional regulation. Being thankful helps us to have hope for the future. And it reduces burnout and symptoms of traumatic stress disorder. Now, in case you're wondering, what's the opposite of being thankful? We know is what? Ungrateful, right? And people who are ungrateful tend to concentrate on the negative aspects of life. And those who are ungrateful tend to be more resentful and more angry. Most of the ungrateful people, they scan every single moment, every single day for what's missing and they make choices based on what's lacking instead of what they have to work with. Being ungrateful, unthankful, scanning for what's missing, making choices based on what I lack instead of what I have. This is funny, it gets better. For people who are unthankful and ungrateful tend to have an unhealthy ego. They tend to invite wrong people in their life, usually those who are ungrateful and unthankful as well. Those who are ungrateful have an attitude of entitlement. They tend to breed discontentment, a critical spirit, want everything now, and consume too much media. As it goes on, they feel, tend to feel more spiritually disconnected and find it hard to find time 
to serve. Emotionally unstable. Now, 52% of women, you can tap yourself on the back. More women are thankful and grateful than men. They say that 52% of women are more thankful and grateful, whereas men, it's 40% of men express gratitude on a regular basis. For whatever reason, I guess men have a harder time being thankful. 60% of thankful people do so to make themselves happy, whereas 57% of thankful people do so to make others happy. Proven fact, religious people, people who are spiritually minded, tend to be more thankful. 75% of spiritual people tend to be more thankful. Being thankful, one word, thankful, grateful, how powerful is that word? And so do we as people tend to be thankful or unthankful, ungrateful? And I think it covers so many different areas, home, workplace, in the community, places of interest. Do we find, and I, I love the ungrateful definition, whereas they look for lack instead of looking for what I have. Do, is that... Not us, right? Because all of us, are we're the best of Hemet right in here, right? This is the best of the valley right in here. If you have your Bibles with me, we're going to look at two stories today. The first one is Luke chapter 7, starting in verse 1. And it goes like this. When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people, he returned to Capernaum. And at the time, the highly regarded value slave of a Roman officer was sick and near death. When the officer heard about Jesus, he sent some respected Jewish elders to ask him to come and heal his slave. So they earnestly begged Jesus to help the man. If anyone deserves your help, he does, they said, for he loves the Jewish people and even built a synagogue for us. Jesus went, so Jesus went with them. But just before they arrived at the house, the officer sent some friends to say, Lord, don't trouble yourself by coming to my home, for I am not worthy of such an honor. I'm not even worthy to come and meet you. Just say the word. Just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. I know this because I'm under authority of my superior officers, and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say, go, and they go. Come, and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. Verse 9, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed, and turning to the crowd, was following him. He said, I tell you, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. And when the officer's friends returned to his house, they found the slave completely healed. We're in a theme this morning called Walking by Faith, and we know that Apostle Paul, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, says we live by faith, right? We walk by faith, not by sight. And in him that we trust, and who we trust, but we don't yet see, it keeps us going. And so this morning, as we look at that story that I just read, and we, we quickly just went over the, our, our theme verse, walking by faith, not by sight. And as I talked about thankfulness and ungratefulness, I want you to think of past, present, and future. We look at the past, and we know that in our past, we have great moments, but we also have horrible negative moments, right? And there is nothing, there is nothing, 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 absolutely more. The past and the future really destroys people today. 
because there are so many things that we carry from our past that we haven't let go of. All the negative things from our past that have happened, it's hard to let go of. And yet even sometimes, even the good moments from the past, it's hard to let go of. And then to think about the future for the minute, how many people spend so much time thinking about retirement? What am I gonna leave for my kids? And so there are so many thoughts, so many emotions that get consumed and thought and lived with, none more than the past and the future. There's not so many that can dwell in the present and be free. Jesus said, I came so that you could be free. But if we're stuck in our past and we're dwelling so much on our future, then many of us, we miss the present moment. We miss the present moment, stuck, whether it's in the past or stuck in the future. But sometimes there are people who, I don't know if you've ever heard, you know, carpe diem, seize the day, right? And think about this for a second. If that's all that we did, what, what person, what, what would separate us as people and as humans from any other animal on the planet? Because for every animal on the planet, what are they trying to do? Survive. So if all we did was live for a moment, then we're just being animalistic, kind of like every other animal on this planet. Does God want us to enjoy today? Absolutely. But God wants us to be forward-thinking, heaven-thinking, which will affect our today, which heals our past, so that we can do something special. And so this morning as we looked at this story of a man that was a Roman officer, and what's amazing about this Roman officer, he had so much compassion and he had so much love, not only for his family, but he had compassion and love for his slaves. Yes, he had slaves, and I'm sorry to say, but he did. But he had compassion for a slave, and he had a compassion for the slave who was really ill. This man was a man who had authority, and he understood authority. He had 80 to 100 people who were under him. So he was strong, he was powerful, he knew how to drive the whip, right? This guy was, at the time, a Roman officer who had authority. He understood it. He had the, I understood what power meant. He understood what it, the, the right to give orders and to make decisions and to enforce obedience. He understood what it meant. And what amazes me about this man is he understood what it meant to serve. Because he said to Jesus, listen, I'm a man who has to answer to people. And so I understand what it means. Everything that got him to that point because if many of us know, if you're in the armed forces, you do become a servant of where you're serving, right? And for this man who was a Roman officer, he had to learn how to what? Serve before he could truly learn how to lead. And that's one of the things that, there's two things that he did really well. And he served and he also listened. And how many of us know that those are probably one of the two greatest qualities in the whole entire world? I was listening to a podcast on Friday and they said that if you were to, and, and it is done all over the world, all the CEOs, all the major companies, if they take surveys and polls about what's the number one issue, guess what the number one issue is? Communication and listening. CEOs, large companies, corporations, what do most employees feel around the world? They don't listen. They don't listen. They don't hear me. And communication. Communication always is the top struggle around the entire world. It's funny, 
Because many of us can deal with communication issues day to day, but around the world, the number one poll that comes back, companies have problems with communication. This man was not like that because he understood communication. And it shows by the things that he said with two things. I've learned how to be a servant and I've learned how to listen. And if any of us in here are gonna be a parent, a husband, a wife, if any of us are gonna hold a job, those are some of the two greatest qualities ever, learning how to serve and learning how to listen. If we wanna move up in companies, if we wanna move up in life, learning how to lead, it takes us first, learning how to serve and learning how to listen. Two powerful ingredients. Jesus said in Luke 22, verse 24, he said, they began to argue among themselves who would be the greatest among them. And he told them, in this world, kings and great men, they lord it over people, yet they're called friends of the people. But among you, it needs to be different. Those who are greatest among you should be the lowest rank, and the leader should be like a servant. Who is more important? The one who sits at the table or the one who serves? The one who sits at the table, of course, but not here, for I am among you, the one who serves. God setting the greatest example. Remember one of the things I said about being ungrateful? People who are ungrateful, unthankful, they have a hard time learning to give themselves, serving. Jesus said, in my kingdom, in the spiritual kingdom, in here, the greatest thing that defines us as leaders it's not how we lead, it's not how we talk, but it's how we serve one another. This man understood that. He understood service. And how was it that a Roman officer understood what it meant to serve? But he also understood how to listen. Matthew 7, 24 says, anyone who listens, anyone who listens, this could be one of the biggest struggles for human nature. We could have the TV on, we could have music playing on our phones, we could have kids, you know, singing, dancing, screaming, and, and, and if you turn it all off and it becomes completely still, how many of us know our brains still go, and how many conversations do we go through with the noise, because we still have so many communication, other noises that are going off. Listening today, and they said that because of these Lovely, smart devices. You know, in the old days, they said that kids, their attention span would be equivalent to their age. So 15 years old, they could listen for 15 minutes. But because of smart devices, it's been cut down. But yet even us as adults, do we have a harder time now listening and thinking and being clear in our head because of all the stuff we're trying to stay connected to on our phone. Jesus said listening, because it takes listening first, and then following is the only thing that will make a person strong in his kingdom. This Roman officer, he understood how to serve and how to listen. And because he knew how to serve and because he knew how to listen, it made him a great leader, a leader who cared. It's one of the greatest things we can do as humans is let other people know that we care. 
to know other people, to let people know that we love every single person, no matter what we look like, no matter what we sound like, to love and to show people we care. And this man had that. He understood, I need to be compassionate for every single person, for the 80 men who served under, under him, for all of his family, for the people that he had as slaves even. He had compassion for everyone. And the other thing that he understood, the power of our own words. Proverbs 13, 3 says, those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. And you know, it's amazing for these words that were written just a little bit ago. How true is that? How many of us have, have, have we seen this verse? That those who control their tongue will live a long life. And this is really, really big. Opening your mouth at the wrong time, saying the wrong thing. How many of us have seen it can ruin some things? The tongue is crazy. Proverbs 18, 21. The tongue can bring death or life. And those who love to talk will reap the consequences. The tongue can bring death or life. And those who love to talk will reap the consequences. And so you think of three things that this man had. He knew how to be a servant. He knew how to, he knew how to listen. And he had compassion, which made him a great leader, which translated into his faith. The job that he had, the job that he grew up in, the hard work, the horrible things that were probably asked of this man, the things that he had to go through on all the ranks and all the different things that he had to go through as a young person into an adulthood, everything translated into something really, really big, his faith. Because his faith, it spoke so loud in this story, and his faith spoke so clearly in this story. He says to him, because this man was an outsider. Turn to your neighbor and say, are you an outsider? He was an outsider because he wasn't a Jewish man. He was a Roman officer living in the Jewish town, but he was an outsider, and he was considered an outsider by the Jewish people. They didn't mingle together. They didn't go out to eat together. They didn't go to Stierenstein after church. They didn't go to Las Vicaros. They didn't go to the Tillos after church. Jewish people and non-Jewish people, they didn't eat. They didn't hang out together. And so this man who was an outsider, even though he was an outsider in the town that he lived, he still knew that there was something inside of him that believed. And, and it made him believe and ask somebody who was Jewish. And he said to Jesus, I'm not worthy for you to come into my house. I don't feel worthy, Jesus, for you to come into my house. But what did he say? Just say the word. He knew the power of words. Now, there's a story like even last week. Remember the lady who bled for 12 years? What did she think in her head? If I can just get close and touch the guy's robe, I can be healed, right? For the man who had a dying daughter, what did he think in his faith? It was, if I can just get this man to come home with me and pray for my daughter, she'll be okay. And so we see, you know, from last Sunday and today, these three different people, one of them was saying, if you just speak, it can happen. There was one who said, if I can just get close, it could happen. If I can just get him to come with me, it could happen. 
Now, were, was there one right one person in the group, or were all three correct? They all got their miracle, right? And so sometimes when we look at people of faith, it comes and it's different for everybody. Some of us have the faith to believe, like this man, God, just say it. All you need to do is speak it. You can shout from wherever you are. You can say it quietly. You can say it softly. No matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, God, I believe the moment you speak, it's done. And that level of faith, it is huge and ginormous because they believe that God is a miracle-working God, and all he has to do is speak, right? Be healed, bunt, it's done. And other people have the faith, if I can just drive, if I can just get there, if I can just get close, and at that level of faith, is it different? Maybe. But does it work in the end? Absolutely. And it doesn't matter. Sometimes we could be a little, because we as people were sweet and kind, a little judgmental, because we all have different levels of faith. And so some of us, sometimes people feel that they have to shout to get to God to do stuff, right? And sometimes people feel like God's in the library and it's very quiet and soft-spoken. But should we judge one another because we're different? Now, I prefer, personally, I like the shouting, right? I'd rather jump up and down and shout and scream. That, to me, is fun and wonderful. But that doesn't mean that you want to jump up and down and shout and scream too, right? All levels of faith, all levels, wherever we may be, it is correct for every one of us. And really, at the end of the day, the thing that's important is if there's something that we need and we're believing for, God answering that prayer, God moving and answering and doing a miracle. At the end of the day, whatever faith you have, if you're the type of person that says, God, I believe. And we know that from that woman in the story last week, she had to tell herself over and over again. She had to get herself ready in her mind and her heart and her soul. Because how many of us know it's so easy to lose faith? We can walk out of here, we can get in our car, and then all of a sudden we see, you know, a missile going by in the sky or an airplane coming down, or we can turn on the news for a second. We can get home, we can turn on football, there's a news flash, the world's coming to an end. And how many of us, our faith that balloons at church, our, our faith that can balloon while we're listening to the Word of God, in one second we hear something negative, and then how many of us know that that pin just hits that balloon? <laughs> The face gone. And so what must we do? We must continue to build our faith. We must continue to tell ourselves, remind ourselves, and so that we're walking by faith. I love this man in the story because he says to Jesus, Jesus, you don't have to come here. You don't have to get close to me. You don't have to hang out with me. We don't have to be best friends. You don't, we don't have to go, you know, eat and share a meal together. Just Say the word from where you are. And so this morning, I want to encourage you. Believe and understand God's word is powerful. God's word is powerful. He spoke and light came, right? God spoke and created the world. God created what we see. None of us are here by chance or mistake. None of us came from slime or monkeys. God created all of us for a reason, for purpose, to do great things while we are here. He did. And his words and his life 
that he speaks are so powerful. And the man, the Roman officer in the story, he understood the power of his word. He understood it was crazy. This man understood the power of authority. And the crazy, and as I end with this one, we're going to go to one more story. He understood what it meant to answer and to respond to the authority above him. And when he saw Jesus, and when he heard of Jesus, he understood the authority that Jesus has over sickness, over health, over life, and over death. He heard Jesus raise the dead. He heard Jesus walked on water. He heard Jesus healed every sick person that came to him. And so for this man, as he was hearing all the things that Jesus was doing, as he heard that, he knew as he had an authority as an officer, he knew Jesus had a different type of authority over life. This week, we talk about Thanksgiving, and it's not just about one day, and it's not just about one moment, but it's learning, and it's to reminding, uh, remind ourselves how to be thankful all the time, every moment, to be present, to understand the power of thankfulness. And Jesus Christ, there's no greater way because it's proven 75% more people are thankful who understand what God has done. What has God done for us? Sometimes we have to remind ourselves all the things that God has done for me, all the things that God has done for you. For one, I wake up and God's given me another day. I'm alive. I pinch myself. I'm here. I'm awake. I'm alive. Right? I get to make coffee in the morning and have, sometimes it's black coffee, sometimes it's coffee with cream, pumpkin or mocha, maybe cinnamon. But that is an awesome opportunity to wake up in the morning, ah, fresh cup of coffee. That gives me reason to be thankful. Me and our dog, Mac, we sit there and we take turns waiting to who's going to be the first one greeted by my wife. So he'll hide out in certain places, and he's hoping, he's hoping, for Mac, my, my golden retriever, that Kim catches him first, right? And I'll lay there hiding, waiting, and hoping, or will she catch me first, right? And so we don't ever know, but we're both excited. That's another reason to be thankful. We can find thankfulness in so many different areas, but the big question is, are we? Do we look for lack? Are grateful for what we have. The man in this story, he understood that he was an outsider, but even being an outsider, he understood the power of authority and the power of just saying the word. What's the thing that God is saying over us today? What's the thing that God is saying over your life today? In this moment, in this season that we live in, what is the one thing that God is saying that we're waiting for, that we're longing for? My second story, if you have your Bibles in Luke chapter 17, verse 11, actually. Come on, right there. There it is. Luke 17, verse 11. It says this. Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, and he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered the village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out to Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, he came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, Didn't I heal ten men? What happened to the other nine? 
Has no one returned to give glory to God except for this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go, because your faith has healed you. And so the second story and our closing story this morning, we see that 10 men were healed of leprosy. Leprosy, this skin disease that is just horrible and crazy. In the time that these people lived, if you had leprosy, you couldn't live in town. You couldn't live in your own home. You were pushed out of the city. You were pushed out of the city limits, and you had to live with other lepers, and you couldn't be around people. It was lonely. It was horrific because just imagine spending every day looking at people who had the same sickness and disease that you had. They were hopeless. Jesus sees 10 lepers and he says to them, go and go see the priest. And the minute that they turned and left to go see the priest, it says all 10 were healed. Nine of them continued to go on with life, but one of them turned around and came back. And he did three things that were super powerful. The first thing that he did was he worshiped. And he said, praise God. One act of worship. I can't tell you in my, my 46 years of living how many powerful moments I've had in worship. In, in church, in my car, turning on the worship music. There have been times where I'll be singing. And sometimes I am the best singer in the whole wide world. And other times I'm just not. But one act of worship and one moment for me, how many of us love a good night's sleep? How many of us, how many of us like sleep is wonderful, it's amazing, it's powerful. And how many of us on Sunday rest is wonderful? Because we're supposed to rest on the seventh day, right? Whether whatever our seventh day is, we're supposed to rest, right? Rest is powerful. I can tell you one of the most powerful moments of rest, it's not sleeping. It's not sitting on the couch resting. It's being in his presence. And when you get one moment of being in God's presence, that rest in that moment, it's like having seven days, seven long days of good sleep. One act of worship, one interaction with God the creator can give you so much rest. And so this man comes back and he lets it all out. And he says, praise God, thank you. Galatians 6, 7 says, don't be misled. You can't mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live for themselves, that's what they're gonna get. Those who live to please the spirit will harvest everlasting life from the spirit. Don't get tired of doing what's good. At the right moment, you'll reap a harvest of blessing if you don't give up. And in the church and in our lives and in our moments, one of the greatest things that he created us for is simply just to worship. And one act of worship can heal your body. And one act of worship and just singing out and just praising him, I mean, one act of worship, it can change the rest of your life going forward. Because it only takes one act of worship and one minute of listening to hear the voice of God. And when you hear God's voice and when God speaks to you and you feel his presence, I'm telling you, it changes everything. And the leper in the story, he got this. And the leper in the story, he understood what it means to be humble. He had a disease that took over his body. And as he came back and he said, God, I praise you, thank you. What did he do secondly? He got down on his knees. Man, Jesus, I'm unworthy. I can't believe you did this for me. Wow, I'm 
just humble myself before you, Jesus. First Peter 5, 5 says this. In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of elders. And all of you dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself under the mighty power of God. At the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. And this is something that this leper man understood. I wasn't asking. I wasn't even looking. But in the moment, all these ten men, they all got a miracle. But there was only one man out of the ten who had three really good traits. He knew to worship, and he knew to humble himself. God, I put my life down at your feet. God, you're God. I'm just a man. God, you're amazing. God, I'm just here. God, I humble myself. And lastly, he said to Jesus, what did he say? Thank you. The power of that word, thank you. In the very, very, very beginning of my talk this morning, I went through about 15 benefits of being thankful. And you know what it does? It's actually life-changing. Was it something that we're all born with? There might be a few people in the world who were born thankful, but not really. You know what it is? It's like training and working out. Most of us in here, we all do it because we're all in great shape. We all work out. We're all buff, strong, and, and wonderful, right? We have to learn how to work out the spiritual things in life as well. They don't just happen naturally. There are certain things that we're saying, you know, God, you know, zap me here, zap me here, zap me this, zap me with this. And God said, well, you have to learn how to train yourself. Apostle Paul said, listen, I'm not just, if I'm going to be a boxer, I'm not going to punch air, right? He goes, I have to discipline my body to do what is right so that I'm not just making empty punches. We as Christians today, we have to learn to train ourselves to do the right thing and learning how to be thankful. First Thessalonians 5.16 says, always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances. Psalms 92.1, it is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to the Most High, enter his gates with thanksgiving, go into God's courts with praise, give thanks to him and praise his name, give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness, let the whole world know what he has done. It's a proven fact this morning. If I'm thankful, it will change my life forever. It's not something I inherited. It's not something that was given to me. It's something that I have to learn how to do. You know, between men and women, more women are thankful than men today. But it changes per environment. Home, workplace, and places of interest. Between men and women, we all are thankful, usually in one of those three places, a place of interest, home, or work. And it changes per woman, per man in those three areas. And men are, are more thankful in other areas than women are thankful in other areas. And so the question is, it's not where I'm thankful, because what did God say? Be thankful everywhere. Are you thankful in every aspect of your life this morning? Because there's one thing here. It's not Thursday. It's not turkey. It's not stuffing, even though I'm looking, looking forward to A, B, and C, and D. 
it's learning to be truly thankful for every single thing that are in my two hands that are right here in front of me. In the very, very, very beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created Adam and Eve. He gives them to each other. And then he said, take care of what I've just made and what I've given to you. And he gives them this beautiful garden, this beautiful place in this beautiful time. And what did he say? Just take care of it. Are you taking care of what God's given you by being thankful for what you have? We're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised Thanksgiving this week. We're not promised 2023, even though some of us are looking forward to it. What you are promised is right now, and do we have the action? Do we have the movement, like the leper in the story? One act of worship, one act of humility, one act of thankfulness that can change everything. Worship, humility, thankfulness. So we wrap up this morning when we get ready to pray. You know, our life is going to speak way past the day that we die. And I don't know when that'll be for me. I don't know when that'll be for you. But our lives will speak. And it could speak for a week. could speak for two weeks after we die. could just be at the funeral and that's it, the reception. And then once it's over, people forget about you. But one thing that you can do now to make sure that you make an impact, it's the legacy. It's how you live. And if you want to be remembered, and if you want to be talked about in a good way, it's how you live now. It's what you say now. It's what you do now. Does that mean that I'm 100% perfect and I figured everything out? Absolutely not. But I do my best every single day, right? I get up. If I fall over, I get back up and I keep on going. If I say the wrong thing, right, then what I need to do, I need to apologize and say sorry. If I do the wrong thing, what I need to do, I need to say sorry. But we get back up. What's our legacy? What will it speak? What will our kids remember about us the day that we're gone? What will every friend, what will every family member, what will be the words that are spoken about you, about me on that day? That's what we should live for. How to be remembered. How to be remembered. How did I love? How did I care? How compassionate, how humble was I? And how thankful. Let's pray.